morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, it's a great day to be serving the Lord. Welcome to the Go Ye There podcast. I'm your host, Leland Johnson, and we are so thankful to have you joining with us today. It's the one interview that we've been hoping to do since starting the podcast, and we're doing it today. Let's head into the open. Proverbs 25.25 says, As cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Today we want to share a cup of cold water with you. But to do that, we have to go back a few years. While we were on deputation, we went to a church in Indiana to present the ministry. While we were there, the pastor mentioned that we needed to make sure to visit a place called Widow's Jar before leaving. We told him that we had never heard of it, and he said that his explanation wouldn't do it justice. We just had to go and visit. We went on the website and scheduled our appointment, which you'll learn about in just a minute. And we were absolutely blown away. When we left there, we couldn't understand how we had never heard of this place. On that particular trip, we were headed from the East Coast to spend several weeks in the Midwest in Texas, and our car was already packed full. We had to schedule another trip through that area later on deputation with our van less full just to be able to take the things that we were able to receive when we visited there. Since that time, we've told every missionary that we come across about Widow's Jar, and not one of them has ever heard of it. In fact, one of the contributing factors to starting this podcast was that when we would share Widow's Jar with other missionaries, they would often tell us about other good resources that they knew of that we had never heard of. We figured out that there really wasn't a good source for spreading information among missionaries other than word of mouth, and that became another reason to start the podcast. Now, you may be asking yourself, why haven't you done the interview sooner? And the reason is that Widow's Jar is very particular about who can use this incredible resource. They have requirements and a doctrinal statement for the ministry. They've been approached by television stations, newspapers, and other news media outlets wanting to learn more, but they would always turn them down because they knew that they would attract people who didn't line up with their position. We're confident that the majority of our listeners do line up with their standards, so they were happy to do the interview with us. Before we get started with the interview, let me tell you that Sandy von Vleiman, the founder and director who we're going to be talking with in just a moment, has a throat condition that makes it difficult for her to speak. We're so thankful for her fighting through that to do the interview with us, so please be patient as you listen. This incredible resource that they've created is well worth it. Let's get started. Sandy von Vleiman is the executive director and one of the founders of Widow's Jar Ministry in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's so wonderful to have her here with us today to explain more about the ministry of Widow's Jar. Sandy, thank you so much for joining us. Excited to be able to share. Sandy, can you start off by telling us a little bit more about what Widow's Jar is? Well, Widow's Jar is a nonprofit. It's a 100% volunteer mission, which has been created to assist providing goods for them that they might need for themselves or their 
ministry were located in a 26,000-square-foot warehouse on the northeast side of Indianapolis. Can you tell us a little bit of the history of how the ministry was started? Well, the idea first came to me in the late 70s when a missionary visited the primary department in Sunday school where I was a superintendent, and they mentioned how exciting it was to get a package from home. So I thought to myself, it's an easy thing to do. So I began contacting them, asking what their requests were, and then I would mail them. I thought later I'd like to do more. So our family made trips to missions and observed what their needs were. So it soon became apparent that every missionary we visited had many needs, much of which we could supply ourselves probably from things in our home. So my husband and I started going to garage sales and collecting things, and I would go to stores uh, when there was clearance uh, sales. And it was at this point that we had a real turning point. I was in a store and buying about 30 baby outfits, and there was a lady behind me. She said, well, I'm from a mission. I have so much excess. Would you like to come up and look at it and maybe take some? So we did that. Eventually, they were giving us up to 100 boxes at a time of goods. Now, my vision was really to involve our people and our churches. But at this time, they had no idea what we were trying to do. So we depended on this mission. And at first, we only got small toys and animals. But later, uh, missionaries began asking us if we had other things. So we began asking them if we could get more things. One missionary made a specific request for sheets, which we did not have. But shortly after, I walked into a store and there they were for 75% off. So that evening at a social event, they asked the people at this event, would they be interested in donating to help get these sheets? Well, when the evening was over, we had enough donations to buy 32 sets of these sheets. So we were kind of flabbergasted how easy it was to do. So it made us very eager to begin an actual mission to do this. So at that point, we decided, uh, Sheila and myself, to create a mission and become tax-exempt and actually do this. So that's how it began. And after about six years of moving from one place to another, we finally moved to 26,000-square-foot warehouse. And three years later, the owner donated this beautiful building to us. So we have right now about 10,000 square feet of shelving and racks on which we have inventory. And I would say over half of that is donated, and the rest I purchase with donated funds. You know, one of the things that surprised us when we visited 
was that it's not things that you would look at and say, well, maybe I can find one or two things that I may like. A lot of the things there seem to be in great condition or brand new. How do you make sure that things are in a condition that missionaries are going to be able to use as opposed to just accepting anything that's available? Well, first of all, uh, one of the primary goals was that we did not want them to accept just anything. We wanted them to have the best of the best. So we have a fabulous work crew, all volunteers, that sort through every single piece of clothing and men who test every electronic item that comes in. And our expectations of what goes upstairs to be displayed is very high. Plus, because we have certain churches and people who support us, we're able to buy brand new things. And in addition, we're able to purchase the rights to items donated from stores to missions. Uh, so once a year, I buy certain stores like Williams-Sonoma and Bed Bath & Beyond, and they send us all of their returns, which are often new. So almost half of what we have is brand-new items, so we're very fussy on quality. Now, when a missionary comes to visit you, and I know the answer to this, but it's still amazing to me as to how this works. When a missionary schedules a visit, how? what is the limit on the things that they can take with them? We have no limits at all. Everything that they see in that warehouse is available to them. So there's really no limitation. We have certain items that we are very expensive. So there's only two. That is uh, power tools that we buy brand new and 220 volt electronics that are expensive. So we limit those to one. But those are the only two things in the warehouse. So we tell them when they come in, take whatever you want and all you want. So, Well, it's certainly amazing and overwhelming. And I know the first time that we went, we walked around and said, now, can I take this too? Can I take this <laughs> yeah. too? Is Do I have too much? Is that okay? I'm sure that happens a lot. Yes, it does. We've had missionaries say, I know I've taken $50 worth, so should I stop? And we just tell them, if you stop, we're going to have a meeting, see what's wrong, because you didn't take. But, yes, we get many hugs, many tears, tremendous amount of thank you notes from missionaries. And it's a great blessing to us, because our theme verse is Second Corinthians nine twelve which says, in short, for the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, but it's abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. So it's a blessing to us to know that they not only thank us profusely, but they will go 
praise and thank the Lord for what he provided. So we're thankful to provide that as well. Now, I know that there's some requirements that you have for missionaries that visit, and I believe that a lot of our missionaries that listen, the majority of them would meet those requirements, but can you talk a little bit about what they are so that we know who should be contacting you? We have a questionnaire that we ask that they fill out, and that actually asks them where they serve, who their mission board is sending church, um, maybe what their goals uh, on their field of service, such things as that. And this can be found on our website. We have a page actually called Schedule a Visit, and it has a short form to fill out and send, which comes directly to me. And then I send them the application to fill out and return. And when they do that, we send them the guidelines and schedule a visit. Now, when you say schedule a visit, can you tell us a little bit about how long it takes to do a visit for a normal missionary and the process for that? All right. Let me say that our normal hours of operation are Monday and Wednesday mornings, 9 to 12, and the first Saturday of the month, 9 to 12. This is because we're a 100% volunteer organization, and we frankly don't have enough volunteers to work five days a week, or we certainly would. But uh, when a missionary uh, has been told that they can come, we schedule a, a visit one of those times. However, if they cannot come at those times, because we realize they're traveling through sometimes, we will arrange for someone to meet them when it's convenient for them. Uh, I have to say that the average missionary will take two to two and a half hours to select what they need. We just have such a variety of items from uh, you know, we have um, everything from baby items to bedding, clothing, shoes, toys. We have a library full of study books, and then we've just created a large library that has its own room of homeschool books and Sunday school materials. So there's just a lot to choose from. So they would need to set aside at least two hours for the visit. And I can say from personal experience, you will be overwhelmed by the amount of things <laughs> that are there and the quality and just the heart that this ministry has to serve the Lord. Let me just ask you one more question. For missionaries that are based in the United States or for pastors that may be listening, how can they help the ministry? Well, pastors, first and foremost, I would say, send us your missionaries. <laughs> Have them look at our website and schedule a visit. Several churches bring entire mission conferences when they have them. They'll bring a bus and bring six, eight missionaries at a time. We've had as many as 20 at a time. So if they would want to do that, we would need about two weeks' notice to try to get together enough volunteers to handle a large group. But secondly, of course, we can always use workers 
for these work days. The more we have, the better we get. So uh, we can use more workers. And then, of course, financial support. We rely 100% on the support of churches who use us and the people in the church as individual. But uh, any missionary inside the United States could contact us. We have done just a few trips to missions inside the United States, but uh, we do that about once every three years. But uh, we would like to know those who have needs here in the United States and see what we could do for them. Sandy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about Widow's Jar Ministry. I can say from personal experience that your ministry is a tremendous blessing, and this is one of the shows that when we started the podcast, it was one of the first shows that we said that we wanted to do because we wanted to get the information about Widow's Jar out to more missionaries. You guys are doing a tremendous work for the Lord. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be able to share this ministry and help it expand and include more churches and missionaries as well. We served 121 last year. We're hoping to reach 200 maybe this year. Excellent. Well, we hope that we're a part of sending missionaries your way and that the Lord would richly bless your ministry. Thank you so much. As we finish up today, let me just introduce a few more thoughts for you to think on. The Go Ye There podcast was started to encourage resource and information sharing among missionaries. It was never intended to be one person sharing their thoughts. With that being the case, we want and need your involvement. If you know of a resource that could be a help to other missionaries, please take the time to let us know. A quick email or a message would be great. Also, we're always looking for new topics for our show. While we do receive good suggestions, in particular, we need some help with suggestions from women about issues that you'd like to hear shows on, whether it be an issue that you face on the field, a topic that you have a question about, or a difficulty that you struggle with. Whatever it is, please let us know. You can, of course, do that by sending us a message on Facebook or Twitter, by emailing us at contact at goyethere.com, or by sending us a message from our website, www.goyethere.com. Next week's episode will be the last episode in this interval. As we did at the end of last year, we recorded eight shows and then took a week off. Next week's show will be our eighth episode this year. We're going to take a week off and then be back with you on March 12th with our new set of shows. Next week, we're going to finish with a great episode on location strategies for support. We're going to talk with Pastor Terry McGovern in Alaska, Pastor Wayne Surface in Hawaii, and then play devil's advocate with the topic. We hope that you'll join us.